3: Ooh, yeah! Mm. Mmm. Mixed Martial Arts. Mixed Martial Arts. UFC 278 Preview Show starts now!
2: That's right. The UFC is taking a pay-per-view to the crossroads of the West for the first time tomorrow night as Salt Lake City, Utah, plays host to UFC 278, an event with a lot of intrigue, most notably... At the top of the card, the top three fights, including the main event for the welterweight title is arguably the world's best pound for pound mixed martial artist will look to put an end to a 10 fight unbeaten streak in the main event. Hello there, everybody. Welcome to the live UFC 278 preview show here on MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Heck and I'm being joined by our boots on the ground who is in Salt Lake City. Mr Jose Youngs Jose how is Salt Lake City my man how are the fans in the area reacting Dude. to getting a peep review card for the first time
4: I'm I'm not gonna lie I am pleasantly surprised by the reception that the fans have given yesterday's press conference was the most attended press conference I've been to since I want to say like that the Phoenix cards I'm like the, the big chaotic ones we all you, you guys would like watch when like Izzy fought Marvin and when Charles fought Gaethje. So it's it was a really, really good turnout. because uh, the lower bowl was filled and then it started to go up into the upper bowl too. So really good turnout at the press conference. I'm curious how the ceremonials will wane, but I've been like driving around a bit, like if I go get dinner or something, like there's billboards that say UFC two seventy eight at the, the arena downtown and like buses will have it on the side. So unlike Dallas, it actually feels like the city. it feels like the the fight week is actually the you can feel the fight week vibes in this city for sure which was not there in dallas for the last one so people are really excited for sure for this one
2: well they're getting kamar Usman, the best welterweight on the planet one of the top three welterweights at least in my opinion of all time in the ufc the current welterweight king one of the best pound for pound fighters on the planet a man who can Ty Anderson Silva for the longest winning streak in UFC history puts his title on the line for the sixth time against one of the men he beat along the way on this championship path. And Leon Edwards, who bided his time, he stayed patient over this last year and change. And finally, Rocky Edwards gets his shot at a UFC world title. You've been around both of these guys for, for a bunch of this week, Jose. What have you seen from both men and how intrigued are you by this title fight?
4: I can tell you what I've heard uh, at the media day the, the the workout room was like right next to us and it sounded like gunshots going off and we looked and it was Leon Edwards hitting pads so Leon Edwards is on like another level right now I think in terms of his training because obviously like everyone talks about like come on made an interesting point and I don't know if this is him if he believes this or if it's just him talking or what but he was like yeah Leon's had a long layoff but that's a lot of layoff where he doesn't have to like break his body down and then get into a fight he kamaru's been hyperactive uh fighting like the top of the world Warrior division leon hasn't and he kamaru's like his body has had time off it's like he's got a lot of time to get ready for me and for these these guys so uh i think leon and kamaru both recognize that this there's no bad blood between them like yeah it's like a lot of friendly banter especially at media day and Uh, the press conference, stuff like that, but it's refreshing considering the last four fights, four or five fights Camaro's had where he's fought Jorge twice, there's clearly beef between those two. Fought Colby Covington twice, obvious beef between the two. Fought Gilbert Burns, former friend and everything, as Kenny from MMA Junkie (laughs) sneaks past us right now, but
1: yes. (laughs) I just looked up my nose.
2: Live TV, baby.
4: The live magic TV. of live television, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So it just feels refreshing that uh, kamaro is, you know, there's no, there's no. Bad blood boiling, fighting former friend. It just feels like this is just two competitive guys that want to fight each other to see who's better. And to me, personally, as a fan of high-level martial arts, this is the type of buildup I like. But I understand that that's not what sells tickets. And I'm curious to see what the what the, the ticket sales are paid for you buys are. Because at, at some point, you get good enough that your I just think your talent can sell fights. Like Anderson didn't need to talk trash to sell fights stuff like that so even holloway was obviously really popular he didn't really need to talk trash to sell fights i'm curious if kamara wins on saturday in emphatic fashion if he just becomes like if he becomes that doesn't need to sell it with these weird storylines and just sells i'm the best in the world come next man up
2: to to that point this is at least in my eyes i don't know if you agree with this but you're also there and you've probably seen a little bit more than i have this is one of those examples of the build to a fight and the deep dive into a fight that is far exceeded initial expectations. Because mm-hmm. I know I saw it early on at first, and I'm sure you did as well. The Nate Diaz fight for Leon Edwards, it didn't really leave the desired taste in everyone's mouths that maybe many people expected it to heading into a title fight. And we've seen this... Meteoric rise of Hamza Shemaev and a lot of people felt like he should have gotten the fast track to this fight into a title shot. But the closer this fight has gotten, Jose, the more people realize that this was more probable than not the right fight to make at this particular time, and that Leon Edwards stylistically matches up with Kamar Usman intriguingly well in a lot of ways. H- have you seen the sort of public opinion sway? since this idea of this rematch got on our radars
4: yeah because I think it also helps that Leon is from a part of the world where they don't have a lot of fighters competing for championships obviously he's from Birmingham England so a lot of the British media and British fans are very very actively behind Leon Edwards and I don't know, like I'm sure you've seen this, but we've seen like Michael Bisbin, Dan Hardy, like to, like Tom Aspinall, Patty, Molly. Like they do, they do these fan Q&As and they always get asked this question, which British fighter do you think has the best chance of becoming the next UFC champion? And all of them say, well, Leon is there now and he's probably going to win or have at least have the best chance. So it feels like for these last two, three years that we've seen these British fights, his fellow British fighters, say leon's the guy right now so he's not been out of the picture in terms of like on the tips of everyone's tongues and while these fighters are getting a bigger platform like potty matt potty patty molly and tom and especially michael bisbink and dan hardy they keep talking about leon so at this point we've heard about how talented leon edwards is for the last two three years that now that the fight is here i'm very i'm like i'm 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 intrigued now like bt sport had a whole like desk set up solely for Leon Edwards. They flew all the way to Salt Lake City to cover their guy. It also, I think, helps vis- visually. Colby is not the biggest welterweight. Gilbert Burns is obviously a former lightweight. Jorge is not the physically imposing fighter compared to Kamaru Usman, where Leon can—Leon's taller than Kamaru, and he's just as big. So I think just aesthetically, it just looks like Leon should have a better chance than Kamaru Usman's past opponents— because he can match Kamara Usman in like the strength and the clinch and I'm not saying he's gonna out wrestle or out grapple him, but optically, Leon just has a bit. It just looks like a closer fight. Plus, we're getting this the word of mouth from all his fellow Brits. So the answer to answer your question, yes, the 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 hype around Leon has slowly built, and I think the fact that it's happening right now is perfect.
2: Currently, the betting lines on DraftKings, Usman heavily favored, minus 345, come back on Leon Edwards currently at plus 285. But I want to ask you about this because one of the big talking points throughout the week, because on heck of a morning, I've had so many people say that they're giving Leon a really good chance in this fight, much more than they thought. And a lot of that has to do with how people perceive the focus and mindset of Kamar Usman because, look, this man has a lot going on right now. Yeah, he, he's got a lot of goals he wants to accomplish in and out of the sport. He's talked about jumping up to 205, the Canelo fight, even John Jones when he was asked about it at Media Day. He's landing movie roles. There are skeptics, despite of what Usman has done in his career, that maybe his mind is not wholly focused on Leon Edwards and the task at hand. And to me, Jose, I feel like it's a bit short-sighted with a guy like Kamara Usman, that Usman isn't overlooking Edwards here. He's just a guy with... He's hyper focused, he's very competitive, but he's also a human being with goals and mighty aspirations. Do you agree with that as well? Do you do you see where people are coming from that perhaps maybe Camaro is overlooking a guy he's already beaten?
4: I think I get why they're saying it, because we've seen that. Like maybe like Tyron Woodley wasn't hundred percent into the fight game when he was supposed to fight Usman. And that might be because he should have been fighting Colby for that fight, which had a lot of buzz and there wasn't a lot of buzz for Usman at the time. We've seen like Anderson prepare for Chris Weidman It's kind of fallout. We've seen like the John Jones, first John Jones Guston fight. John Jones clearly didn't have a camp. He said it himself. He just didn't take it seriously. And then Guston pushed him to the limit. I'm willing to bet that Kamar Usman is not one of those fighters that overlooks things in camp. Like, do you think Trevor Whitman would allow Kamar Usman to have a light training camp? Or like if Kamar Usman didn't show up, you think Trevor Whitman's gonna allow that? Like it's not gonna happen. Trevor Whitman is like, I think it's the combination of like that team. Holding Kamaru accountable with Justin and Rose and everyone, and then Trevor Whitman. Plus, Kamaru is just one of the more mentally strong individuals you'll meet. He's the guy that cut weight to 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 compete against Darren Till or Tyne Woodley as a backup. He fought these guys that no one wanted to fight in RDA and Chile. And like I think he fought like Damien Mayan, like Chile. He fought like RDA in a tough finale main event. Like Kamaru did the work and he's here. I don't see Kamaru Usman as one of these champions that's going to let, quote-unquote, the Hollywood lifestyle get to him. I really, really don't, but I understand why people say that might just be them trying to talk themselves into picking Leon, but I don't see that happening for Kamaru Usman.
2: What's the biggest question you have about this fight, whether it's from a stylistic perspective, whether it's on the Leon side, the Usman side, maybe on on both ends, what's the biggest question you need answered tomorrow night? I
4: think it's, it's a two-fold question. Will Kamaru... Well, obviously, every fight starts standing It's on the feet. How long will Kamaru stay standing with Leon? And if he goes in for the takedown against the fence like he did against Jorge and against Tyron Woodley and Colby Covington, how will Leon do in the clinch? Because Leon is very good on the clinch. He has that left yeah. standing elbow that he like sliced open RDA with. Uh, he, he even jokes like people call Michael Bisping left hook Larry, I'm left elbow Larry. Uh, in, but like that's Kamaru is like phys- physically one of the strongest welterweights you'll ever meet and he obviously has an incredibly high level wrestling background so how and like you, there was that funny moment at the press conference like in July when they were like the guest fighters and they both said at the same time like we're going to wrestle so like Leon is by, is not thinking like oh I'm just gonna go out there and strike with him he's like yeah Kamaru's going to try to take me down how much can you learn in three years to prefer for Kamaru Usman who's been wrestling his whole life so how long will Kamar Usman stay standing? And how will Leon do not against the first, second, third takedown, but like in those later rounds when you're tired and Kamaru's just laying on top of you, punching you, or just holding you against the cage, how will you do? So I want to see how both men will react to the other one's strengths because this is not, oh, Gilbert Burns is a high-level grappler person. Will Kamar Usman take him down? Oh, this isn't two wrestlers going in. This is... Leon Edwards is a striker. Kamar Usman is a wrestler who hits really hard. Let's see which one faults first.
2: Time for picks. Very interesting fight. We do have a lot to get to here, but who leaves Salt Lake City with the title and why? Is it Usman? Does this legacy continue on, or does Leon Edwards make do and and come through on perhaps the only chance he's going to get at a, at a world title?
4: I think it's going to be Usman by decision, but I don't see it as one-way traffic. I think a lot of people are expecting like four to five or something like that. Even if it is five zero, if it's fifty forty five, I think they're going to be close rounds. I just think Usman's going to win. I don't think he's going to blow the, the doors off him. I don't think because like Corey Masvidal very clearly overlooked or didn't rate Kamar Usman striking. Like even after the fact, Kamar, was, he was like Kamar's not a better striker than me. He just caught me right there. I don't think Leon is going to get caught, and I don't think Leon's going to catch Usman. I think they're both men are going to have a lot of success at different moments, because um, like Colby Covington rocked or, like, clipped Kamara a few times in there. Like, he kind of got on Bambi legs for a minute. You can't do that against Leon Edwards, who's very, very high-level striker. So I think Kamara will get it done. But I think this is going to be an incredibly competitive fight, if that makes sense. This is going to be a high level martial arts competition, and all of the martial arts will be mixed on Saturday. But I think Usman leaves with a unanimous decision. Obviously, predicting a split decision is stupid and should never be done. So I'm going <laughs> to say Usman.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I think Kamara Usman gets it done. I don't think this is going to be like a highlight reel finish. I don't think this is going to be a fight we're going to be talking about for the fight of the year or anything like that. But I just think a cerebral tactical approach from Usman will be enough to slow down yeah. the advantages of Leon. I, I just, I think Usman, like people talk about the striking discrepancies and I think technically, like all, all things considered, Leon is probably the more technical striker. But what Usman does well on the feet, he does really, really well. Mm-hmm. And I think Usman's going to be able to find success in the feet. I think he might even hurt Leon at some point because unless Leon is perfect, I think that chin's going to get tested in this fight, which will open up the wrestling for latter portions. And that's where I think Usman's going to kind of, kind of, take out, take over down the stretch, but I think Leon will have his moments, too. I think it will be competitive throughout. It's going to be one of those fights where we look at the scorecards, we'll look back on it three years from now, and people are going to be like, oh, well, Usman 49 46 to him or something like that, but it's yeah. not going to... The fight's going to be closer than the cards would yeah. suggest. I think.
4: And I, you guys talked about it on the weigh thing, where it's like Leon has to be perfect, and Usman may not have to be perfect to win. I disagree with that, not just from these two. I think in any championship fight, both men need to be perfect because this is a champion. Like, Leon Edwards is here because he is so good at fist-fighting human beings. And if Kamaru Usman isn't perfect, he's probably going to lose his title. And if Leon Edwards isn't perfect, he's probably not going to get the title. So both men need to bring the absolute best. There are obviously outliers like that John Jones. stuff. the thing where John Jones came in far from perfect, and he just shone through. I just think... Both of these men need to have the absolute perfect game plan to walk away with the win.
2: We shall see how it plays out. Now, the co-main event has become the most intriguing fight on the card Mm -hmm. for a lot of people, Jose. Paul Costa looking first. First UFC win in three years since the decision went over Yoel Romero. Luke Rockhold hasn't fought since 2019 when he was knocked out by Jan Blachowicz, a light heavyweight. And these guys... Much like Tony Ferguson did in Phoenix, these guys have stolen the headlines away from even the main event. Rockhold looking to return in a big way, and then we have Paulo Costa looking to have a great performance and get paid because this is the last fight on his current deal coming up tomorrow night. So, your thoughts on this matchup and the stakes that are attached to it, which have increasingly grown as this fight gets closer and closer?
4: The stakes are, I imagine, the loser is not in the UFC after this for two different reasons because this is paulo's last fight uh on his ufc contract if i'm if i'm not mistaken and i given the fact that paulo just went off on usada waking him up at this official waynes and then when i asked him about like i'm like why are you tweeting at anthony joshua he's like well i want to box i'm like oh like you're probably leaving too and then we've seen this a million times fighters that are so openly outspoken against the ufc and i disagree with all of that because luke is very clearly one of the best middleweights in the world and all of the fights i want to see him have are in the ufc outside of like a gay garden mousasi or something like that in bellator but i would not be surprised if dana was like nah you're out you talked way too much junk now he did shake dana white's hand yesterday so maybe it's not directly at dana it's not so personal but i wouldn't be surprised if the loser of this fight that's it for their UFC career. I hope not because I want to see a lot of these fight. Both men fight a lot of these middleweights, especially with like the emergence of Alex Bajada, the return of like Jared after the, that long layoff these during the pandemic and Luke not fighting at all during the pandemic. I want to see these guys in the UFC, but like you said, a lot of these storylines surrounding these two men have nothing to do with the actual fight. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Luke versus the UFC, Paolo's tweets, Luke coming at Paolo for postponing the fight three times. So Stylistically and in terms of martial arts, I freaking love this fight. I just wish people were talking about it because it seems like everything else has captivated the headlines.
2: We'll we'll get into picks and, and sort of break things down in a moment, but I, I am curious because let's just say, let's try to be positive here. Let's just say no matter who loses, they get another opportunity, it all works out. What storyline in the aftermath is more intriguing to you? A Luke Rockhold win? And whether or not he gets a title fight if Israel Adesanya beats Alex Pereira. Or, so Rockhold winning, maybe a title fight, or Costa winning and going into free agency, negotiating with the UFC.
4: I mean, the Rockhold win would be more interesting, especially if Israel wins, because then I think that would be, it's like fresh blood for Israel. Uh, Luke Rockhold re-emerges as like a former strike force, former UFC, going to reclaim the title. So in terms of just fighting... Like the actual like sports of mixed martial arts, Luke would be, Luke and Israel would be the more interesting outcomes. Obviously, if Alex Baheta wins, I would just imagine they immediately turn around and make that rematch between Baheta and Israel. Um, Cost of winning and then going off into free agency would be interesting in terms of where fighters stand in like the grand scheme of things and like this big landscape. Will he go to like so also like? You know, I'm like, I'm a big baseball fan, and, like, team sports fan is true, and free agency is always fun, no matter what sport it is. Um, so we, we rarely see big-name fighters in the UFC, like Paulo Costa, who is very popular in Brazil, speaks English, a good-looking guy, and is a very, very fun fighter. I think his fight against Marvin is really overlooked as, like, one of the better fights of last year. I think he would demand a lot from, like, Bellator, One Championship, KSW, Ryzen, pfl wherever or if he goes like to box these celebrities like the like the paul brothers or whatever because he did train with logan paul let's not forget that um so it would be interesting i think they would they would both be extremely interesting for different reasons luke winning would be interesting for the ufc and mixed martial arts storyline paolo winning would be interesting because i love free agency bidding wars, especially in mma
2: yeah, that both those are, are really fascinating. So, a lot at stake, as we talked about, for both of these men, but only one can get the dub. Who gets it done?
4: I mean, I think Luke has more skills than Paolo, but I really, really like, because Paolo is such a goofy guy, I think <laughs> people really, really overlook how tough and how fun he is. Because, like, his body shot, like, when he rips you to the body, like, He's putting anyone away. Like, his, even his fight against Uriah Hall, like, on the whatever card that was, like, years, like, two, the 239 fight week, I think. I think that one is also really overlooked. It's just a really fun, high-level fight. I think that's one of Uriah Hall's best fights in terms of, like, excitement, too. So, Luke should win... But, man, Luke gets hit a lot, and Paolo hits so hard. And Paolo's one of those guys, like, outside of Israel, and, like, he obviously showed up to fight Israel, like, drunk off of wine and Abu Dhabi had a cock <laughs> injury and this and that. But if he can fight Marvin Vittori with an injury over five rounds and put on that type of performance, like, it's going to be a rough night for Luke. So I, I'm i leaning Paolo, but I'm I'm leaning Paolo. You know, I, the last one I said both fighters need to be, like, Usman and Leon need to be perfect, I think Paolo's a fighter against Luke, where Luke could win two and a half rounds and then, come like Paolo Costa hits him once, and that just changes the entire thing. He can put Luke the away. So, I'm leaning Paolo just for the durability and strength, and based off of what has happened to, in Luke Rockle's last few fights because he got knocked dead against Yoel, and he got knocked dead and broke his jaw against Jan. So. Not great to see him. And come back, you're fighting this Brazilian monster in Paulo Costa. Luke has more tools, but I think Paulo gets it done.
2: When this fight was first announced, I was like, oh, this is a nightmare for Luke Rockhold to come back to. But the more I've watched past fights, the more I think about it, the more I feel like there's a ton of betting value on Luke Rockhold. Because he's sitting at nearly a 3-to-1 dog right now, which... I get that because of all the questions we have about this man over the over the last three years. But I also have a lot of questions about Paula Costa and his mm-hmm. mindset. Like I yeah. liked how I liked what he did at the press conference. He didn't really engage too much with Luke when he was trying to do whatever he was trying to do. But the glaring question I have, and I just can't get out of my mind, is something that you mentioned earlier: the durability of Luke Rockhold. Can he take a big shot? Did the time off help his chin out at all? Can it hold up with the mileage that he's accumulated? Not just in inside the cage, but the years at AKA, his training camps, etc.? Skill for skill, for those who don't think Luke Rockhold can hang with Paulo Costa, you're crazy, but the durability of Rockhold yeah. against the power, the speed, the aggression of Apollo Costa, it causes me... A lot of hesitance when it comes to picking Rockhold here. While I feel Luke Rockhold can win, and if this somehow gets to the ground and Luke Rockhold is on top of Paulo Costa, things can get really interesting. So with that, I think this fight will be awesome for as long as it lasts. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. I just see Costa landing a big left hand at some point early and gets it done, and then he's going to become a very intriguing free agent. But I love this friggin' fight, Jose. I love
4: it. I think this is a good fight for both men at this point in their career. Like, health aside, I'm really glad both these guys are back, and I, I love this fight. I really, really do.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge? That takes a team.
2: Before we get to the low-key banger and the peeps, Jose, high-level martial arts competition is what you crave. It's what you seek out on all of these cards. And we don't need to look any further than the featured bout in a loaded bantamweight division, a congested bantamweight division. Jose Aldo, Marab Willie. I'm just going to let you do your thing.
4: Dude, Jose Aldo versus anybody is a <laughs> yeah. high-level like, when, What's When's the last time Jose Aldo has fought someone like not in the top five? Of, like of division like it just doesn't oh happen God. and like even his like who's his last few wins like Rob Font like Rob Font, Munoz, Ma- Chito Vera who's like like look what Mar- like Jose L did to Chito Vera and then look what Chito Vera did the last few fights and then like before that was like Peter Jan former champ, Marlon Moraes, former title contender, Volkanovski who many people consider the best pound for pound fighter in the world like he- this man does not get easy fights and that's why he is forever I, I, this is how I've described Jose Aldo many times. He is your favorite fighter's favorite fighter. No one hates Jose Aldo. I've seen fighters in this hotel that are cornering their fellow fighters asking for photos with Jose Aldo. He is, by every definition of your word, words, your favorite fighter's favorite fighter. He also has been doing this. Like, how, how, Does he have 40 fights? If he doesn't have 40 fights, he's coming up on that. And he has like 30-plus wins. So. Jose Aldo versus anybody is a high-level martial arts competition. And Marab, this is a tough fight for Jose, though. Like, Marab has the record for most takedowns in a single fight. I can't remember who he did it against, but it was like 13 or 14 takedowns in a single fight. Everyone says if Al Jermaine wasn't the champion, Marab's the guy that'll probably do well. Like, there's a reason people are saying that. Uh, the UFC is keeping him away from Sean O'Malley because he'll just, like, drop him on his head over and over and over and over and over. He is an exciting fighter. He's, he's like, you know how people don't like, like, people don't like. Like, fans always whine and complain about, like, oh, wrestling, he's just a grinder, he's a, he's a hesitant wrestler. Marav's wrestling is like Habib's where he just mauls you. For 15 minutes where yeah he's on top of you but you're drowning in the, in a hailstorm of center blocks and that is what Marab does so uh this is every definition of the word a high level striker versus a high level wrestler i have absolutely no idea who's going to win don't ask me i can't make that pick the, i just, i don't care who wins i just want to see a high level fight if jose aldo wins obviously he's, he's next in line for a title shot without question if Marab wins it's going to be interesting because he's not going to fight his teammate, Aljamain Sterling.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm picking Jose Aldo to win. I, I just think Mara, I, there's a lot of questions I have. I mean, we, we people talk about all those takedown defense, and clearly that's a factor in this fight. And you know, Marab getting his first like really big step up, really big name on the resume. is waiting for this a long time. He's watching guys like Casey Kenny. No disrespect to Casey Kenny, but he's watching Casey Kenny fight Dominic Cruz and he's fighting Gustavo Lopez, which I believe is the correct answer to the record setting takedowns, yeah, uh, which he had with Casey Kenny before because he mm. took him down like 12 or 13 times. The man is just ridiculous. My one concern on the Barab side is that he is a very hittable man. He's yeah. a very hittable man and his chin, while he is a durable guy, he has been cracked on multiple occasions. And fight. Jose Aldo, yeah. Go watch and watch the Mauro Marais fight. If that fight was stopped in the first round, not one person would have complained about that stoppage. Keith Peterson did a great job letting it go, knew the fighters very well. Marab got one of the craziest comeback wins you'll ever see. This, to me, if you're betting on Jose Aldo, which more money keeps coming in on Marab, so the Jose Aldo underdog line is, is plus 120, so it's coming up a little bit more. If you're a Jose Aldo fan... You're going to watch the first eight or nine minutes of this fight and you're going to tell your Marab fan friends that I told you so, told you this is how this fight was going to play out, but eventually I think Marab's going to be able to get him to the ground and I think Jose Aldo's going to kind of have to hold on for dear life in the final five minutes of this fight. This could go a number of different ways. I could see a world where Jose Aldo just bolts Marab quick with a big shot and knocks him out. I could see Aldo hanging on, this is my prediction, that he hangs on to win a unanimous decision in a fight where both guys' stocks rise. We could also see a world where this fight is a draw because yeah. I could see and, a world where Aldo wins the first Alba two rounds. And
4: then for yeah, yeah very, start.
2: very possible. Very possible. I know Salt Lake City is not Denver and Mexico City, but I do think...
4: High, I feel it. I feel it walking. Because yeah. I walk uphills to like the Fighter Hotel. The altitude
2: is noticeable. You do not want to huff and puff against Mirab, which I think he's going to do in the third round. So great fight. I think both guys will gain a lot from this, but I think Jose Aldo gets it done. Low-key banger, biggest glaring question outside of the top three fights.
4: Low-key banger. I mean, everyone's going to say the Romanov-Tabura fight. I think that's the one everyone is really excited for. I personally am very excited to see Sean Woodson back. I think he... He's not. He's one of these guys. What is he, what nine and one, eight and one, something like that. And he only he's only lost to like Julian Arosa by like Darsh choke or something like that, or Anaconda choke or something crazy. Um, he is a guy that when he fights, I don't care who he fights. I, I'm excited to see Sean Woodson fight. He calls himself the best boxer in the UFC. Now, do I agree? No, but the man is super confident, and he even said, "I asked him because he fought on the undercard of Holloway Yair." I'm like you know max says the same thing you did he goes i'll box max right now i'm like man i love the energy i absolutely love the energy." <laughs> like in his last fight he like put his i can't remember who he fought but he put his guy away with, it was like a body shot and then he was like sticking his tongue out at him and then he put him away so yeah i'm really excited to see sean woodson fight um but obviously the one everyone has circled is probably marching to versus romanoff because everyone assumes romanoff is going to be a future champion or future title contender and him beating Tabura, who's like kind of seems to be like the Neil Magny of the heavyweight division, like you give him these up-and-coming prospects to see how they do. If he beats Tabura convincingly, top 10, here, here he is. And then from there, it's only main event and events and co-main events moving forward.
2: Yeah, I, I like the Sean woodson Luis Saldana fight as well. Sean finally gets to fight in front of fans again. I think it's the first time he's fighting in front of fans since the Boston card when he fought kyle Bakniak, i believe yeah Uh, but again this guy cuts a lot of weight i don't know how Mm -hmm. the hell this guy makes 145 pounds so i'm wondering if this fight gets extended how how it will look because Luis aldani is a good fighter Uh, i like that fight a lot that has fight of the night potential written all over it but i mean i'm just gonna go with the low-hanging fruit to me The most intriguing storyline outside of those three fights that we talked about earlier is romanov because this is the biggest test of his career and for those who have been following mma content mma fighting content for the last couple of years you all know how high i am on this man and sure the resume isn't totally stacked but he is a big problem matchup wise for a lot of guys in this division and heavyweight has become very fun because we have tommy aspinall we have this incredible emergence of Ty Tuivasa, we have sergey pavlovich we have some young hungry guys that are on the way up, that once this division opens up, especially in the title picture, there's gonna be some problems. Martin Taibora is a very solid fighter. He's a black belt in jujitsu. He's got high fight IQ, but he's just taking on a wrecking ball. In King Kong, who's only 31, who you might might as well be 22 in this friggin' division. So I I think we're gonna, yeah, I think we're gonna see the Romanov coming out party. I believe we're gonna watch a guy who's gonna fight for the title inside of two years. I don't know if he's gonna win it, but I think he's gonna get there. I'm super high in this guy. I think I am ranked higher than anyone in our rankings panel. I am at number eight. I think this will be the justification for that ranking tomorrow night. So I know we don't have a ton more time with Jose. Let's go to the peeps, take a couple questions before Jose gets kicked out of the media room.
4: I'm literally the only one to left too. Well, me and Evie of Cambaça.
2: Are they all just watching you and just like crossing no, their this arms? This, this
4: whole room is empty right now.
2: Like, I can, <laughs> oh, perfect. Like, I all right, we're good.
4: Away, but it's just empty. This all isn't right, like uh, this, this isn't like Dallas where they were just sitting there with their arms folded waiting for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right,
2: all right, all right. Casey E. Casey Lydon joining us, the Baddest stash in MMA Media, the man who. Get you all fired up for these preview shows when the opening theme song hits. Let's go. Who is l- most likely to get k- KO'd on the main card?
4: Oh, I mean, <laughs> Luke Rockhold, because he's fighting yeah. Paulo Costa, but it's Paolo against anyone is <laughs> in danger of getting KO'd.
2: Yeah, I think so the well, answer
4: is somebody Hun- in that fight. Harry, Hun- Harry Hunsucker, though. Oh,
2: that's that's probably Harry- the
4: correct answer. Uh, Harry Hunsucker has never made it to the four-minute mark of round one. <laughs> All of his fights ends before the four minute mark, whether he wins or loses. Yeah, I,
3: these I'm are both. We got, to, we got guys. Yeah, I'm just glad we got to say the name Harry Huntsucker on this preview yeah. show. I've been really disappointed if we did a whole 45 minutes without saying that name. All that's right. why um, Jose's here. <laughs> do, 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 uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is true, but um. Uh, uh someone
2: told me about this this morning drake dropped 238k on jose aldo which if this is like a year ago we'd all be betting on marab but drake's had some good luck lately so
3: and we'll that's, a good, I think that's izzy, a good line I think,
2: I think izzy yeah
3: i think izzy yeah, bet yeah. on aldo too because uh what was what is Auto plus something plus yeah, 20. plus 120 I mean, I oh think 120 that's
4: it i think betting is silly especially on combat sports but if you're gonna put money on one of these fighters if aldo's plus anything put it on him
3: yeah, the fact yeah, that auto was 100%. a plus, I was, yeah, yeah, for sure.
4: Also, Drake, Drake having this good luck lately, put out a trash ass album. So he, everything up <laughs> from there goes
2: wow. out. Wow. Wow.
4: Imagine someone listening to that album and pretending it's good. Impossible.
2: <laughs> I haven't heard a note from it,
4: but Not I talked that, to you about it and that's all it, I needed to hear. He put it out on Kendrick's, Kendrick Lamar's birthday. And just, I'm like, Hey, like, oh, you don't do see, that. Yeah, that's, you don't what, do that. No, we see what you're doing because they have beef, and then you put out this bum-ass album, like, come back, man. Do better. <laughs> All
3: right. Um, I'm, put, I'm putting up this comment more for the conversation, not because I agree with it or anything, but I'll let you handle it. How
2: can Camaro be considered the GOAT when he's not even the A-side for each of his championship fights? I feel like a fighter's ability to sell pay-per-views Heavies very heavily in the GOAT conversation. I think Your response so. to this, Jose?
4: Well, so I've had this conversation a few times this week. The pay-per-view model, it's just, it's not the same as it was. Like, you don't have to sell these pay-per-views. Because, like, the UFC gets the same amount from ESPN, no matter, like, because they get that flat rate. Like, the UFC has, the ESPN bought the streaming rights from the UFC. So the UFC doesn't even need to clearly push they don't need to stack these pay-per-views as much as possible because they're getting the same amount. And they get all this money on ticket sales. And the UFC, for as much flack as people get, they will sell out every single arena no matter where they go because people want to watch the UFC. You don't need to be, sell massive pay-per-views to be a star these days. It's just that's not what translates. You know what translates? Being in the MCU is a big deal. <laughs> it is the highest-grossing franchise in the history of film. So if we're talking about being a prize fighter and opportunities outside of fighting, Kamaru is right there. But in terms of like a side, B side, I don't think that holds any water in 2022 these days. Cause it's just a different pay-per-view model.
2: Yeah. Kamara's getting there by the way yeah. Kamara is not like the B-side so, like, like I mean you, maybe he is if, if like
4: you look at all these, like,
3: he's, he's not the B-side tonight he's not the no, B-side on this not. card
4: either he's definitely yeah. not I not don't think all. he was the B- he wasn't the B-side I get the Mazdal thing because Mazdal is one of the most popular fighters in the world and like speaking with ESPN Deportes Masvidal to the Hispanic market is Conor to the Ireland's in the UK like any like like if Jorge Mazdal buys a soda and they write an article about it it does a million views so maybe that, but look what Usman did. I don't think he cares. So I just—it's just a different—it's just a different world right yeah. now in terms
3: of pay-per-views. And if we go by yeah. this logic, it's Conor McGregor. He's he is the goat. you know, goat you
4: know who the, you know who the A side is? The UFC. Everyone else is on the B side. People buy go. the U, yeah. people buy the UFC, not they don't buy Kamar Usman. Unfortunately.
2: True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. unfortunate. That's like that. That's like me in pro wrestling in 2022. <laughs> I will buy WrestleMania every. I will watch oh. WrestleMania every year. I don't care who's on it. That's what the UFC that, has become. The UFC has become like, WrestleMania,
4: right? And whether you by agree design, with it or not, by or, design, yeah, exactly. Whether you agree with it or not, like people buy pay-per-views to watch fights. Not like yeah. obviously there are outliers, but that's few and yeah. far All right.
2: Will Leon Edwards get a pound-for-pound spot after he smokes yeah. Kamaru Usman? Wow!
3: Yeah, if I think you, so. Wait, wait, what, take apart, take it where do you have leon edwards right now pound for pound
4: not in the like in term in like the global pound for pound Ah, i don't have him in my top 15 um but that's me personally i i'd take you out of my pound for pound if you don't fight in 12 months but even if even if he did he wouldn't be in my top 15 but if you beat you're like you're top five immediately (laughs)
3: Yeah, does, does yeah, he go not to number my one? Top twenty right now. No. Yeah, does he go from unranked pound for pound to number one, or is it more of no, Usman coming he, down?
4: It would be he would be above Uzman. Usman would probably fall to like six or seven, and then I think Leon would be like five because he wouldn't yeah, he'd be, be above Volkanovski. I think it would go Volkanovski, Israel, and then like you got to be like what Aljamain, like Amanda Nunes, obviously Aljamain France. Oh yeah, Duff Francis would probably be number three
0: right now yeah yeah. It's
4: just, yeah yeah i agree with that all right i'm also not a f- f- fan of a like if, if uzman loses he just falls out of the top 10 because some people do that
3: mm, i, I don't think know. like they're, yeah they're, he they're,
4: won't like he'll be like number
3: seven
2: can,
4: like canelo lost to Bivol, people all of a sudden had canelo like fifth pound for pound i'm like that's stupid at low canelo should be number three behind crawford and Usyk.
3: yeah i would i would have even moved him down but That's that's a whole other discussion. But it
4: it is hard to overlook Usyk being undisputed cruiserweight and heavyweight champion. It's just hard to overlook because he achieved what Canelo was trying to achieve.
2: Yeah, this is this is very. This would be a very similar situation to when Juliana Pena beat Amanda Nunes. Like Juliana Pena wouldn't become the didn't become the number one pound for pound fighter, but she jumped into the top five, and it just
4: more. Valentina did because Amanda fell.
2: Yeah, I had Valentina probably. at number one anyways, but it just kind of cemented that. Like, I have Volkanovski number one right now, but Usman's a close number two. And he could, And if Usman wins, he probably jumps back to number one just because it's a game of inches. But it, pound for pound is a silly discussion a lot. It yeah, just, yeah.
3: <laughs> but, it's more it's of a yeah, silly he will, he will definitely get a spot in my but rankings,
2: 100%. It's Real quick.
4: Football rankings. Yeah,
3: we're, but we're not putting – are we putting Leon Edwards on the same level as Julia Pena coming into this fight? No. I've, no. No. Okay, I, I know. I know you, I know no. you made a comparison, but no. just because it's more of a yeah. Nunez Uzman comparison rather than a. Uh, it's just how the rankings I mean, would play out in yeah. comparison. Not, it's not the
2: same. Like this it's definitely like, not the same. If, if,
4: if, if Brian Ortega beat Volkanovski last year, like the number yeah. one versus number two guy are fighting, and then one of them just becomes the new number one pound for pound in that division, and then Mac and then Volkanovski would just fall in the global pound for pound rankings.
2: All right. Yeah, this just shows the evolution of the sport, too, which I really like. Uh, Seattle Ryan, I would like to see Luke win, but realistically, who has come back off three years away and two losses and
3: one? It's very specific numbers, but maybe we can kind of...
4: I mean, Dom came off of losing to Cody, and then like three years later lost to Cejudo. But then he took mm-hmm. a little bit of a break and came back against Casey Canning. But like, that, so, they, that, the Cody one wasn't Tyson,
2: Tyson Pedro?
4: That's true. Yeah, because he he lost to OSP and Shogun and then came back and beat Ike Villanueva, but that's also not. (laughs) Those are But there's a gap in talent in those situations.
3: The situation Luke has has put himself in right now is very unique. So uh, I don't, yeah, I can't really, I'm trying to think of like a a top 10 type of fighter. Oh. um, That's done this. I can think of one. Dom's um, the closest I can come. I
4: can think of one. but It's not that big of a gap. When when Gustafson lost to John Jones and Anthony Smith, retired, and then came back and fought for Doom, that was tough. But that was like a year and a half ago. Yeah,
3: off. it was a little different, yeah. That was almost yeah. like Luke's first hiatus when he came back to 205. Yeah. I felt like, yeah. and Yeah. yeah. But, um, no, it's, it's – yeah, and, and this is – I mean, I'm I'm picking Luke to win. I'm I'm a weirdo. I am actually picking Luke to win, but it's more of a heart pick because all logic kind of goes back to what uh, Seattle Ryan is kind of implying. Three years off, two losses, coming back against uh, yeah. arguably a top five middleweight. Who? Uh, it's kind of hard to tell. That's and that's also a hard part. Where is Paulo Paulo Costa right now?
4: I think I think we're going to get better Paulo Costa from his last two fights, a because he's not he, he's healthy. And he's done his whole camp at home in Rio. He's not like, and like Captain Eric is here with him. Like you can hear him literally this everywhere. <laughs> you can hear him <laughs> here and everywhere. But um, I think when I say here, I mean you can hear like the jangling of his keys and his high heels and everything and his voice.
1: Um, <laughs> you can hear
3: his high heels. <laughs>
4: yeah, um, but they're like, you know, they're like. They're the fancy shoes, like with the, with the spikes in them, the bedazzles on them. So
3: yeah,
4: uh, I think I think we're gonna get a better palo than we have in the last two things. He's not fighting Abu Dhabi, he's not drunk, and he's healthy and he's trained completely at home. He doesn't have Walid in his corner anymore, so I think we're gonna get the better palette that we've seen yeah.
3: I, I agree. I I'm hoping had that. Had. Oh, this is kind of a good, not exact comparison, but um, Card's conduit. Card's <laughs> conduit took a break, uh, and when he came back, he came he back fine. Him, uh, yeah, yeah. You wind up losing, I think. I think he came back and lost to uh, Charles yeah. Oliveira. No, no, Charles
4: Cal- Oliveira. Um, Cal- to... Cal- Cal- well, he, can- he had two layoffs. Remember, he had the knee injury against Woodley. I'm
3: counting the Maya. I mean, he when he, he, when he kind of retired oh, after Maya. He, he came back, I think yeah, he fought Cowboy he was- Oliver Yeah, he did. Yeah, he wound up yeah, losing. So he's
4: supposed to fight uh, Matt. Hey.
3: <laughs> but yeah, but I think, I think uh, like Carlos came back. He didn't... He came back and he was a you know a an acceptable UFC White. but I think Carlos mm-hmm. wanted to come back and be one of the best. He he he. he we saw that he wasn't.
4: It was, uh, it was Neil Magny.
3: Oh, Neil Magny, yeah.
4: That one. That was still a that was a year and a half.
3: Yeah, and you know? that was only a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, maybe the three years is actually a good thing. Maybe and that's what some people have kind of. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? have
4: I mean, really started to start taking things out of this room. So if we
3: have one more question, oh. we got one more question. Uh, one more question. One more question. Here we go. Ask question.
2: Should Edwards threaten takedowns on Usman in order to open up his striking? And would Edwards be able to have any success in the grappling realm?
4: Sure. What do you think, Jose? It's MMA. Anything can happen. But uh, Colby got, is the only guy to take Usman down at all. In his in like in his whole USC career, right? That one takedown that Usman even argues against.
2: Yeah, uh, he didn't even get credit for that takedown. No,
4: and but we all know that was the takedown. That was two, as Daniel Cormier said. So Gustafson took John Jones down. I know John Jones didn't have a real training camp for that one. John Jones has taken Daniel Cormier down. So anyone can take anyone down. I I doubt Leon takes him down. If that makes sense, that'd be, I think that'd it, I think be crazy. It, he did. He does have like what something that people overlook is. Leon has really good foot sweeps, like really good. He does like, and clen- walk, yeah, from
3: his clinch. The, yeah,
4: not, not even just like a definitely from the clinch. But like, remember when he got a foot sweep on Nate from like like oh. striking distance.
3: I remember those. Yeah,
4: like he rocked Nate and Nate was like, damn, and then just swept him. And even Nate jumped. Nate jumped up and was like, that was good. He gave him a thumbs up in the middle of the fight. So like, I think. Yeah, I think if if he does take him down, it's like hurt, and then like maybe Usman shoots in for a sloppy takedown, and then something could happen. But I doubt Leon's going to be doing a blast double leg takedown on Kamara.
2: Yeah. yeah, it he, will not be a traditional takedown. Yeah, no. it almost it, it like it'd be a sweep
3: too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, f-
4: he's he's because he's so tall and lanky. His legs are so long. They can yeah, just they, like they, they cut out his legs.
3: waist and just added length on the legs. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. foot foot sweeps are like the most. Oh, they feel so good when you do them because like, they take zero energy and all of a sudden your opponent's upside down. It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right.
2: All right. I, mean, I think we're good. I think we're good. Don't worry. Don't worry. We have the People's Pre-Fight Show tomorrow, 5.45 p.m. Eastern Time because the fight card start time moved back with the lot of the Miranda Maverick-Shanna Young fight. But thank you, Jose. I appreciate it. We'll see you at the ceremonial weigh-ins. And that's it. So for Jose, for Casey, I am Mike Heck. Thank you for watching. We'll see you for the ceremonial way. And so we'll see you tomorrow for UFC 278. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast
0: Network.